Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! One hundred and one shots, and finally a goal at Spurs. Let's talk about it. This is Let Me Talk. I'm David Mooney. With me is the Athletic City correspondent Sam Lee, who is still in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Hello, Sam. I am. I am. All right. Uh, Was there a spotty pun to be had? We will never ever no um, some <laughs> spotty performances actually um, 101 shots and then was it was it the last no was it the last one the last one to be a goal yeah that is quite something isn't it yeah it's quite something we haven't had time after the full time whistle uh, but I was gonna if you if you still needed to do a few things before we before we sat down to talk I was gonna check the uh, expected goals up to that point because I just thought it'd be ridiculous but um, I mean it will be ridiculous yeah. I just don't know what it is but, uh, we might have yeah. something by the end. Um, <laughs> did you did you see the TikTok, which I inevitably because I'm old saw on Twitter, on Twitter this no. morning of like or, or, of all the all the chances that City have had and missed over the years? It was like 40 seconds, which is quite a long time actually for for a compilation of missed chances. And you think, fuck, you know. And then I think the thing was I kind of thought it could happen again tonight. And then at half time, I was like, well, City defended really solidly. Um, they've not been especially. Uh, aggressive clinical in attack and I was hold on a minute this happens <laughs> that's again how, that's <laughs> how it works yeah, that's yeah. how it works that's how it works I that t- is literally I, how it works I tell you what like it, it took five minutes for what I thought the complete bullshit was going to happen for it to start because um, like Bob scored and I thought oh he's, he's definitely offside there and then they showed the still image on TV and I was like oh he looks level you know and then the referee just went, no, he's offside. And I was like, well, this is clearly bollocks. And then the lines come up and it's like there's... Uh, they show the proper one. Yeah, it's, 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 one, of, it's one of those where, um, you know, they, they've changed it now so that if the lines are touching, then it's, it's considered onside. Um, well, it's one of them where it's like, it's like five pixels between the lines. And I'm just like, come on. Right, this is, it's happening yeah. again, isn't it? Well, this is it. It's like the refs, oh, sorry, the linesman's obviously got that right. But he's obviously blagged it. Yeah, there's no way he knew that was like that's vibes. That's a vibes decision. Like fair play, he can't he can't complain if he got it right. But I'm questioning the method by which he got that right. Yeah, but yeah, fair enough. Um, but oh god, when De Bruyne missed that one after Hoiberg gave it away. Oh yeah, yeah. Think, well, they are never scoring here ever, are they? 
Yeah, I've got a list. I, I was writing down a list as we went on. So it, like the Bob Offside one, and then uh, in fairness, the rest of the first half there wasn't really anything that I, I thought was a glaring miss. They got into they got into some good positions, and yeah, they just kept having shots from the edge of the box that were blocked. Yeah, or they got into good positions, and I mean the the Bob one where like three Spurs players were were, were diving in front of it to block it. His first touch just took him a little wide, and then it kind of made the angle for the block. And like, fine, it happens. Um, and there was a couple of moments where they got the ball in the box. They're in a good area. They, they look up and there's nobody to square it to or there's like there's no there's no room to find the shot and like fine okay that that can happen um but then Alvarez missed at the back post in the second half when uh, it was a fantastic block I can't remember who got it um but it's like, like it could have been was that the one where Kovacic went mental afterwards uh, no that was that was when Bob oh, was right, blocked okay. but he, uh, and he could have he oh, could have knocked okay. it back but yeah um Alvarez was uh, it was a flying block from whoever the defender was I I, I forget um and like I, at that point like most times that one Alvarez finds the net and I'm thinking okay here we go and then the very next chance was that De Bruyne shot from inside the box when Hoiberg gave it away mm. uh, and then Doku <laughs> went clean through and like just kind of yeah, rolled I never it thought back he to was the that. not because it was him not because it was him it just seemed like it, it just seemed like that's a difficult chance for you know if Grealish had been there on on, on the left foot if you were right foot in that position it's, you're struggling I think yeah yeah um, but then I just thought you know I mean look replay wise and logistics wise and moving the Brentford game to a, a Saturday night for all the City fans who have made plans for the Monday it would have been a shambles but you know by the end of that game it was like when City play Liverpool and you think City could still win this but you know what I'd be quite happy if they didn't lose and then we'll just go again another day um, and love the thought of this game again City versus Spurs at the Etihad I wouldn't have minded whatsoever um, and then when when <laughs> they did score <laughs> yeah of course of course um, but when they did when they did score the goal that was given Initially, you think, mm, this is such a, an anti-woke thing to say, isn't it? But like, they're going to find something wrong with this. Yeah. Um, but but like, uh, the way the Spurs players were complaining and the ref was like, hold on a minute. It's like, it was just, obviously the ref's just saying, look, don't worry, it's going to be checked. But it was kind of, but it, it looks, and it isn't this, but it looks like he's saying, like, don't worry, they'll find something wrong with it. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and, but then I saw the replay and I was like, oh no, that's, that can't be a foul. Yeah, and it, but it would have genuinely been like if this is a foul, we riot kind of thing. Because but that's after the Luton situation the yeah. other week. There's no fucking way. But that, that's absolutely play. one of them though. Where if he gives the foul on the pitch, even though there's nothing in there, they're going to go. Well, it's oh, fouled. it's not getting changed. It's not, getting, yeah. not, not overturning that. Let's, it's just like there is clearly no foul there. Yeah, Nedham is here, but let's not. I'm not going to drag him in for another <laughs> VAR debate. Oh, it's the referee that makes a decision like it always was. Shut up, you nerd. <laughs> yeah. Um, just quickly, Sam, because you mentioned Liverpool. Um, Howard Cackle tweeted us to say, uh, does this mean we'll now win at Anfield? Um, when Roy Hodgson's back for a second <laughs> stint at Anfield, then yeah, next season. Yeah. Um, halfway through next season after Jabby Alonso gets sacked at Christmas. Um, are we doing the club stuff now? Or should we do it at the end? Let's, do, uh, it let's do it later on. Let's do it later on. Yeah. There's, I mean, not that I've got an awful lot. I know I've got an awful lot to say about this. Um, I mean, the, the biggest takeaway from this Spurs game is more kind of overall narrativey vibesy, like um, like it's just another step, isn't it? Like that Palace game. You know, we watched it back. We didn't think there was too much wrong with it, but we didn't know. Like I said, like I, I feel like they were fine in this game. But look, do you get concerned that they're playing well and conceding goals, or or are you confident that? They are playing well, at least. We didn't know. Nobody knew. Um, and then they've won every game since then. They Obviously, mm. they, they went to the Club World Cup. They've used that kind of mid-season break, as it were, in the way that we kind of thought they'd, 
they might do or thought they might need to. They've done that. Come back, you know, straight back to Everton. That was a big win. We knew that at the time. Sheffield United won, is one they need. They needed to win. And then Newcastle was like, okay, that's the kind of like almost confirmation that things are going well. But then coming into this one, I was like, I was like, oh, yes, it'll be fine. But I spoke to somebody the other day and he said it was going to be open. And I was like, oh, yeah, shit. Because as good <laughs> as City were against Newcastle, Newcastle did just stop trying to attack a lot in the second half, didn't they? I thought Spurs aren't going to do that. So, and, and after the game, when we spoke to Rodri, he said, you know, they made five passes and scored two goals. You think, well, if that happens again, you know, Walker's not on it, Diaz isn't on it, then Spurs could do what they normally do here, even in, like, in a different way. Because they don't just sit back and break, but they do attack quickly and they can play through pressure very, very, very well and attack quickly. You know, those yeah, false yeah. counter-attacks kind of thing. Um, so I was like, this, that could, you know, this is a, this is a big test, this, and it, it feels like we'll learn a lot about where City are. And I mean, there was, you know, they didn't really control the second half by any means, did they? But they weren't living dangerously either. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. I, so feel- I was going to ask you how you felt whether, kind of, when it came to controlling the game, because like I, I don't remember there were many moments where I felt that City were under particular threat. But then there was no. a couple of times. Like, there I mean, was a spell. Yeah. It was like they like when they brought De Bruyne and. Um, Docu on, you think? Yeah. Uh, this is they've obviously trying to change the dynamic here, or at least like take advantage of the the space that there is. But it didn't really work initially, did it? You know, Spurs carried on for another five minutes or so. There was one when they got in behind Guardiola and put the ball across the box, and I was like, "Well, this just will be a goal." Yeah. This is just going to be a goal, but it didn't. It went all the way to the back post and they cleared. And that the Spurs that probably died down a bit after that, from what I can remember. Well, can I can I shout out Kyle Walker as well for uh, getting back at Werner um, on the left hand side? He did really well to get back in there, and obviously with the flak he's come under this season, it's kind of like yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. needed something like that as well. I think. Well, again, I thought I thought Walker was good, but I mean, maybe people disagree because I spoke to people at half time and one lad was like oh, what? it was like Carl Walker and like made a face as if to say he was shit I was like I thought I was like he's been alright like like especially compared to the first half against Newcastle when he was basically giving goals away no, it's, it's been fine um, you know attacking wise you know you're not really going to get that threat um, but I was like he's, he's been fine enough and then Diaz he had a he had a rocky s- spell in the second half about five minutes you know when he tried he took that touch down Near, nearish the corner against Kulisevsky and then tried to like run it out of play and just fouled him and then he got booked for bringing Richarlison down and then I mean about probably about 10 minutes after that they crossed the ball into the box and he was under no real pressure and he just booted, booted it out of play he's like yeah. calm, calm down mate but other than that he was I thought he was back on it but that was kind of, maybe that's biased because I thought from kickoff City played it back to Ortega and I think it was Kulisevsky he like kind of run through to block him and Diaz just like shouldered him and I was like ah Diaz is back like this is like he's cut his hair He's back on it, and yeah. To be to be fair, I thought I thought he was very solid. As I was going to say, as they all were, you know, Guardiola not not quite not quite there. Good and bad Guardiola, as we normally as we normally have from him. Um, but again, it, like it, it wasn't it wasn't one of those when you can really say this was great, this was great, this was. All. It, 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 I feel like the result just means a lot to to get it here. Like from, from where I was to pick up where I left off when I was saying, yeah, they got that big win at Newcastle, which was huge, especially the way it came. But it was a win they needed to get to kind of stay on the right track. And then this as well, it's like it may not have been perfect. You know, Guardiola might be Guardiola might have a long list of complaints about the second half and how they didn't have control. And you know, the analysts might be thinking, Fuck, you know, we, we need to do much better here. But I think what it can do for the mood of the camp, keep the momentum going. I you know it's not for me to. Well, I mean, I can say, but it's not for me to say I feel like they're going to go on a run now but last season you know, Guardiola said didn't he before the Liverpool game I think they'd only, they'd only won two in a row 
but he was like, I feel like we can go on the run, which is which I thought was mad at the time, purely because, not because I didn't think they could, but because he never says that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they did. And after the Liverpool game, I was like, oh, they might, you know. And I kind of get, I just get that feeling again now. I know Brentford will be horrible. That'll be a horrible game. Um, but it just, yeah, it feels like, it just feels good um, for City. And obviously, like De Bruyne, like the good thing about De Bruyne, you know, we talked about this after the Newcastle game. I was just concerned watching him, like, oh, God, is it going to go? And then I was like that again when he came on, but he was tearing after the ball. You know, Roger played the ball over the top. So Roger obviously trusts that this guy can get after the ball. Like, his teammates know how fit he is. Obviously, he can't do 90 minutes, but he's running, he's running, he's running, and you think that's good. And then, I mean, look, Haaland might never come back from injury, but presuming he does, like, you, you put this team, which is, you know, getting better defensively, and then you, you put... De Bruyne and Haaland back into it and suddenly things are peaking at the right time. I know it's still early. You think the right time is normally like March, but it, it feels it feels good. Yeah. Um, just to finish off on the defence as well, Sam, because uh, there's we've touched on most of the team there, but um, uh, XG captain got in touch to say, uh, would love a discussion on City's defensive abilities during that game. Felt like they were switched on for most of it. Um, yeah. And I mean, obviously, Ake gets the goal, and we'll get the headlines for that. But I thought defensively as well, he was very solid throughout. Yeah, well, he always is. Um, I mean, there's just there's just that Wolves game where he kind of was really apologetic about it, but he's he's always he's always great. Uh, Pleased for him to get the goal as well. Interesting in that sense. Um, it, yeah, there's it's a bit of an odd one out, isn't it, with with City when everyone's fit at the back because he always plays a Kanji. And it's always been between Aki and Guardiola, but now with Guardiola playing Guardiola as the wide fullback on the left to kind of, um, you know, to keep that width, keep, to keep that attacking threat, it has to be him there. So then if Ake were to start missing out, you think, well, it's, it's just that Mario situation of it's just unfortunate, mate. You can't have, you can't have 12 on the pitch. Yeah. Um, but obviously with Akanji out, with Stones out, um, He's obviously getting the chance as well, and he, he doesn't he doesn't deserve to come out of the team. And to be fair, he he hasn't for the last what, two years. Hmm. Well, let's I mean let's speak of uh, Guardiola then, because uh, Adam emailed uh, a while back now, but uh, it kind of seems fitting to do it after this game. Yeah, last week um, or so. Yeah, uh, would love to hear your assessment of how Guardiola's done so far this year. To my eyes, he's often looked easily exploited defensively, and I know you've covered City's weakness on the left, Sam. Uh, but he seems to be settling in of late and showing some creative spark offensively. What do you make of him after half a season? Have you heard anything from sources at the club as to how satisfied they are with his progress? Do you reckon the plan long-term is to have him stepping into midfield a la Stones? Once Stones and Akanji are back fit, can you see Gradiol starting a big fixture, say Anfield in March, over Ake? Uh, yeah, because I suppose he did... Oh God, now, now you're testing me with who else played. But obviously, Guardiola played at Chelsea, played at United, he played at Arsenal. You know, 21-year-old new signing centre-back, left-back. Uh, that's big, so I can see him starting there, but I mean, not necessarily because he's got better or more used to that that role or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, I asked I asked Pep, didn't I, when Stones got injured, do you see Guardiola doing it one day? He's like, yeah, but he's just got it. Like, there's stuff he needs to learn. Yeah. And as we saw Newcastle, like, that body positioning still wasn't there. I was speaking to a coach about that in the week, not a City coach, that would be forbidden. But like, just you, like, you, you're amazed that you think at this level, especially the way that Guardiola talks about body positioning, you'd be amazed that he's still making that kind of mistake um, where he let whoever it was go down, Almiron, go down the outside of him. Um, so like he's got, he's got that kind of stuff to learn without going right this is what you do when you're going into midfield, midfield and he also said about Stones you know he's been there like 7 or 8 years so he's got all the ideas in his head but yes I can see it eventually um, yeah tonight like I said 
he's, he's good and bad, isn't he? In terms of what City think about him, they think he's fantastic. Um, like like the people at Leipzig did, you know, people at Leipzig thought he was, you know, he's going to be like the Haaland of centre-backs, just like the best ever, potentially. Um, at City, they think he's great. I thought, oh, that, was there some kind of comparison to Stones? Is, I remember thinking, and you know, that's Stones on a, on a good day. The Stones that everybody lo- knows and loves now rather than the the early the earlier Stones. Um, but maybe there's some, some comparisons there because he, he can be a bit flaky at times, can't he, Guardiola? We had talked about in the summer when he signed, he can you know, try and close somebody down and just not affect the play at all. And you think maybe in that Newcastle game for one of the goals, I'll get confused about which which ones it was but maybe if there's a problem with sitting in second balls this season maybe part of it is him being a bit indecisive um, I think I talked about this early on I think if it was the Newcastle game the first home game of the season his little re- reverse passes with his right foot under pressure fantastic he did one to Doku um, it can't have been Doku because I was going to say it was in the first half he did one to somebody around the corner in the first half it was really good but then it does I mean this is just what I remember from tonight and the Newcastle game but he he lets down some really fucking good moves, like with a poor pass on his stronger foot in the box. Like, I, I think I may have said this before, but when he is in that wide fullback position, I feel like that's really going to bear fruit one day because his range of passing and his eye for a pass and that kind of thing is really good, but it's not fully clicked at the moment. And that's not really a case of he needs to learn this or he needs to learn that. It's just one of those things I think will magically get better in his second season or maybe later in this one. Um, but yeah, I know he gets quite a bit of slander. Yeah, especially you know around the Palace result when like, emotions were running high it was kind of why we signed this guy and all this like, proper this guy's a waste of time shouldn't be playing kind of thing you know it, drop him until he gets used to it or whatever I'm not having that I think he's class um, unless he's, that is it, not that's not me sitting on the fence and biding my time like with Nunes with Nunes I don't know what's going to happen but I'm not going to write him off yet because it's early days but with Guardiola I'm, I'm sure he's going to be I'm, I'm sure he's going to be brilliant I'm just interested though on uh, the benefits of him at left back over centre back, and like there's a there's a lot of argument about whether he should play in the middle and Ake should play left back, for instance. Either way, you don't really get kind of you, you don't get the same impetus in the final third with a centre back playing left back as you would do with a left back playing left back, if that makes sense. And when you've got Kyle Walker being the width yeah, on the other side, Walker. yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say when you've got Kyle Walker providing the width on the other side, you kind of like. City have an issue with with other teams not taking their wide threat seriously in that sense, don't they? Yeah, but then they get to funnel everything through the middle, which is the whole false nine era. That's what that was all about, and that was what it was all about last season when they managed to get Stones up there as well to create that extra man. And like with Haaland being out, which to be fair, I thought tonight was probably the first game where I thought they miss Haaland. Um, but with Haaland being out, it's not really been missed. But also the fact that Alvarez can play and is playing like more of a false nine having a lot more touches in the games than Haaland does. And that's, you know, that's facts. I've looked, I've looked that up, written about it. It kind of mitigates the, the Stones' absence because you don't need Stones to go into midfield and be the extra man if Alvarez is doing it in the way that the, the false nine used to do. And then again tonight, um, one of my colleagues said, do you think he'll bring Stones on? I was like, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to look stupid and say no, but I don't think so because nobody's stepping into midfield and if you're not stepping into midfield or so unless Guardiola changes it so somebody does start going into midfield from defence why would he change it yeah why why, why would you change your centre-backs um, and yeah so I mean the Stones absence this one hasn't been so keenly felt neither has the Haaland one and I kind of feel it's because they go back to the old days albeit in a different way with wide fullbacks. Um and it's, it's that trade-off isn't it like I'm sure he knows that 
with Guardiola in that area, you're not getting the best of him in kind of any department really, but it gives you positives in other areas. Um, it's like Walker being wide on the right. It's not great, but okay, it gives it lets you have Foden or Bernardo drifting from from that right hand side, and they're in the middle. It's a trade off, and it you know it might be a trade off that ends up winning the title. It's not ideal. It's not City at their best, but it still works. And again, I feel like that now. The fullbacks aren't giving you an awful lot, but you do get a lot of players in the minute in the, in the middle. It was a very pockety game, wasn't it? You know, when City were creating those chances early on, there was one in particular where Foden got it turned and he gave it to Bob, and Bob did exactly the same thing. That might have been the one where Gradiol tried to cross it and he just ballooned it out of play. Yeah. But it was like this is what this is what City are trying to do. This is exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to get those players in space between the lines, and also it helps them to keep a lid on things. Which, obviously, to be fair, they did more in the first half than the second. Coming up after a short ad break, there'll be more talk about the win at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. See you shortly. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let me talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. Let me uh, bring in this from Tactical Geek on Twitter who says, uh, how significant that when Kevin De Bruyne comes on, is it that Foden moves to false nine? The ideal way to play them together, but clearly different when Haaland is fit. Um, And that also picks up on uh, Luke's point who says, um, not a question, but just talk about Foden on the half term. Some great touches again on the goal, clearly planned with that near post corner all night. I mean, without without being great, great, and I feel like we should mention Kovacic in case we forget. Well, Kovacic is probably I, City's best player. I was saving this because yeah, somebody somebody's come in to say, uh, uh, Mr. Gucci said uh, Kovacic's best appearance? Question mark. Yeah, for sure. Um, so at half time, so we're missing Foden that altogether. But we will go back to it. At half time, I was thinking, if like, in terms of the Haaland being missed. I was like, if Haaland was on, I think it's even more from Kovacic because he, he linked up really well with Rodri and Bernardo in the middle. Really good. Um, there was that attack he, he led halfway through the first half or, what, 15 minutes from half-time or something when he took people on and he got on the ball again and that was when Bob had the shot blocked and Kovacic went mental at the end. Um, 
And that was really good. That was like noticeably, like eye-catchingly good. But I was like, if you could add something else, it would be Haaland making those runs in behind and he can try and find them. But then in the second half, he tried maybe two, three of those balls in behind. They all got cut out. So I was like, maybe it's a good job that Haaland's not playing because he'd probably be trying it all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I did think that early on. I, 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 did, I, I made very few notes actually, but in the first half, I did think, well, I did add, he's having a good game. Like It feels like the different vibe around Kovacic you know in the first couple of months of the season it was yeah this guy's good good signing makes a lot of sense then he had a couple of shockers against Wolves and Arsenal and it was the this guy was not up to much for a couple of months and now he's back um, he's back to yeah this makes sense I can see why they did it he's a good part of the midfield um, so yes I thought I thought it was good and I know like you mentioned Ake got mad in a match on the TV which is it's a it's a TV decision just isn't it la- yeah. just as lazy <laughs> as you can get uh, I guess they just wanted to speak to him afterwards but like I just fucking surely I mean I, I, I know from experience it's not actually that easy to get um, the player you want to speak to from City uh, I mean, in my case it's fucking impossible but for, surely for the TV they'll go can we have Kovacic and Ake you know Ake you talk to Ake about the goal and go well here, here's the man in the match give it to Kovacic which they always do um, but anyway presumably not um, but yeah Kovacic was very good and then in terms of Foden just the way he links things up um there was the one. There was the one touch about what ten minutes into the second half. If people are actually checking this against the proper timestamps, I'll be way off. But that, <laughs> he was kind of running towards goal. He just stuck his leg backwards and like killed it dead. And for somebody to run onto, and it was like, how how has he done that? And then there was it was Gradiol, wasn't it? That ran onto it in the box. I think it might have been. Yeah. yeah. And then it was. And then it was extra time, extra time, injury time. Which, to be fair, City managed very well, didn't they? Um, but there was there was. One, the one time the Spurs were in the city half, um, I think Ortega played it out to Foden, and it was a good pass, but it wasn't easy to control. And he's just killed it brilliantly, turned it inside to Rodri, and just given City complete control over the situation. And just little touches like that, like this, the guy's class, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, it, it was it, it was like City's performance overall. Like it was really good, but you couldn't you couldn't make the case it was the best thing they've ever done. But it was good, and I think you'd say that for Foden. Like, if he could have popped a goal on the end of it, you'd say fair play. Um, like really fair play. But yeah, it was very good. And again, in terms of him being false nine, I've always said he is their best at the false nine. Um, I was messaging Nadam during the game, and he mentioned him being false nine, and I was like, well, in, in 2021-22, when City won the league last game of the season against Villa, you know, because the season before he'd been so explosive and eye-catching playing on the wing and then he was like doing most of his best work with his back to the goal there was a bit of a feel around it that he'd had a bit of a disappointing season or had stagnated a bit but I always thought he was City's best player I still thought he'd progressed as a player sorry City's best false nine um, but there was such a key role and so many people tried it and like were good at it like Bernardo like if Bernardo's good at it and Gundogan's good at it and De Bruyne played it a bit more the season before but Foden's the best it says something um, and one of my colleagues Liam was making the point in the in the athletic blog in the first half he's just there's there's so many different facets to Foden's game you know Guardiola says he can play in all, in all of those forward positions It'd be like, you, you can see that tonight like tonight it was more you can see his more athleticism and like strength on the ball I know he, he kind of got shouldered off it a couple of times but there were times when he won good fouls and he, he can catch like he's a pocket player, but he can carry it so well. In, again, in terms of the half turn, 
we may as well just always use that example from the Champions League final against Inter. Like, we know how smooth he is with that. He's probably the best player in the world at that particular aspect of his game. He's just, he's just great. And again, like tonight, it, it wasn't the, you know, one of his best five performances. It wasn't the performance to say, if you want to know what Phil Foden is all about, look at this. But it was, it was certainly in the body of work. Like he was, he was very good, and um, it's yeah, just great. Um, but again, how do you get them all in the same team at the same time? You probably don't. You probably don't. Um, but look, they didn't last year, and they won the treble. So it's not. <laughs> You know, it'd be a bit of a shame not to see Foden in full flight, but that was helped. If they win the trouble again, then <laughs> crack on. Yeah, well, but in that, fact, that was helped by Foden being injured and getting appendicitis, though, wasn't it? it? Like it kind of made the decision for Guardiola. It was, but by that point, by the time he was back, what are you going to do? Take De Bru- you're not taking De Bruyne yeah, out of yeah. the team. You're not taking Gundogan out. You're not taking Bernardo out. So it was done. Um, so yeah, in fact, talk, just talking about trebles, obviously, it is very early. But like, we still obviously think City will be in the mix in the league. I see. I still see no reason why they won't be in the mix in the in the Champions League. I don't f- think the field is particularly strong. But now there's not many top teams left in the FA Cup. Not many top teams left in the FA Cup at all. Yeah, but we all know City um, get easy draws, so they'll obviously have to go to Anfield or something like that now to balance all of that out. Uh, <laughs> well, you, you, you also feel like there won't just be one more City-Liverpool game before uh, with Cop yeah. going. It feels like there'll be another one. It feels like there'll be another one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, to be fair, you'd, you'd rather that and get it out of the way then have to go to um, Wembley for an FA Cup semi-final after like battling through against Inter or something in the quarter-final, which would just be disgusting. So. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I mean that, that treble is is on. Well, I mean, there's a long way to go. Let's let's kind of. There's a long way to go, but I yeah. mean, the, the FA Cup's now opened up. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, Ortega, Sam, and uh, it com- it reminded me that uh, about midway through the second half. Uh, he was under pressure and he played a pass that was driven along the ground. It might even have been to Foden, yeah. um, like through about six or seven different Spurs players. It was a proper through ball to him, um, yeah. and it like it just made me consider that at, like at that point in the second half, I hadn't realised just how good Ortega had been tonight. Like, like, not even in the case yeah, of like, yeah. like, there was that one where um, I think it would have been offside where Spurs got in behind in the first half, um, and I think Richarlison drilled it low across the box to whoever was arriving in the middle, and he got down and, and kind of smothered it across as it was entering the six-yard box. Did really well there. Um, was out to Johnson really quickly and, and down at his feet and, and, and blocked well. And then on top of that, you watched his distribution and the way he was playing. It was just like having Edison there. He was so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, so we've got to write these articles that are kind of on the whistle, and the work always want something by half time. And every time I'm like, what do you want me to say about half time? Unless it's like <laughs> a substitutions thing, like De Bruyne is not on the bench today, or Haaland's not on the bench, like something that's not going to change materially during the game. I'm not giving you something by half time because what would you even do? Um, and then it got to about 65 minutes, and it was not long after Ortega played that pass, and I was like, I could do something on Ortega. And then when the Spurs had their spell, I was like, this might not see the light of day because you know if they if they concede then you can't write about the keeper can you yeah even if this it's is, not a fault th- this takes me back to um like when i was a kid we i played in a cup final at uh Drawlston stadium uh, and i was only about 14 or so and we lost about like 6-1 or something like that um and then um don't say you had a good game well, well that's that's what i mean is then like like after <laughs> afterwards over the like the pa system they they went and uh, we're giving the man of the match to the goalkeeper david mooney i'm like don't lads don't oh, right. don't do this like I, it's, right. like I, I, I'm, I've just conceded six yeah, goals in a cup final. That. I don't want it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and um, I didn't have a good game. I was I was fucking awful. <laughs> like, it was one of them where where it was clearly just a sympathy vote. But like you get to the stage where the, when the goalkeepers conceded, they it's like automatically they can't they can't have had a good game when actually they they can. Yeah, they can. Um, but yes, ex- exactly. And like there was the kind of pass that Vicario played a couple of times in the first half, and you think they're good at playing out from under pressure. Um, City never generally had to do that because they weren't under pressure in that way so much they they could manipulate it a bit better yeah, it felt, when it they felt were like when Spurs cash. were under pressure it was like one pass away from all falling apart whereas City felt like they had two or three passes before they'd get into trouble yeah, if you know yeah. what I mean there was one early on from Spurs when Vicario just stood there like well I'm just going to wait which is great to be fair um, and he just stood there and waited they had no options whatsoever and our City's press is really good here and then couple of movements inside and he played that, that very similar Ortega style ball through and you think that's that's good that and they were, that's how they got a lot of their attacks down the right in the first half that kind of stuff but then yeah Ortega did it uh, in that little bit I had to write um, going back to the cup final I did a bit on five live before the cup final against United and people were like oh yeah but he should play Edison in goal shouldn't he and I know there were some City fans who wanted Edison to play and I was like well look I know Edison it, well, he's the better goalkeeper isn't he, he plays all the time but if you say he's the better goalkeeper than Ortega, it's not by much. Mm-hmm. And it's not because Edison's not good. It's not because I don't think Edison's good. I just really think Ortega's great. I've said it a lot, but like, it's difficult to get a number two because normally they're not good enough. Is but it- it's also difficult because what they've done now is somebody who's almost too good. And I can't imagine he'll be here next season. I was going to say, do you think what, he'll leave in what, the summer? Well, I mean, if what club would not, would not want to get him? Uh, it's normally, there's not normally much of a market for goalkeepers, but the market that there is... It's because they identify the situation early, and like any any team with half a brain, especially in Germany, in fact anywhere, any play, any team that wants to play out from the back, you could have like Premier League teams who are trying to get something going, and they go, "We'll have him." Like there must be loads of teams looking for him, um, but yeah, he's great, uh, and like he's really solid at making saves. Um, yeah, it's fan- like there's there's no if something happened to Edison or let's say City gets to the final again, they play Liverpool in the final. And, Ortega starts instead. No problems. I don't. Like, whatever might happen, maybe he makes a mistake. But look, maybe Edison might make a mistake. I've, I've no, I've no issues with Ortega whatsoever. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, let me bring this in from Ben, who says, uh, "Does Alvarez need a break out of the team? Touch is letting him down, and he looks a yard off it at the moment. He's been struggling to hold the ball up, and given uh, De Bruyne and Doku are back, it seems like the ideal time to give him some time on the bench." Um. Maybe. I mean, I. He's had a weird season, hasn't he? Because at the start we were like, right, he's scoring goals and assisting, but I want him to do a bit more. And then he was doing more. And then now he's kind of, you know, losing the ball on, his ed- on the edge of the box with flicks or missing those chances inside the, inside the box like at Newcastle kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's rest that he needs, but like, if, if any player's played a lot of football over the last 18 months, two years, it's him. And yeah, like, like, like we were saying before, when everyone's back, not everyone can fit into the team. And if it's going to be, um, and if it's going to be De Bruyne and Haaland back in soon, and people start needing to come out, then it makes sense. It's Alvarez anyway. Even you know, even if he was having a stormer, like what could he do? It's De Bruyne. Um, so yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, the fact he came off tonight again was a bit like, oh, okay, interesting. That's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. There is more for members, though. Go to lmtpod.com if you want to sign up for those longer ad-free episodes. Sam, what are members getting for this one? Yeah, it was good. Um, Please do sign up. There was some Ipswich nonsense towards the end, (laughs) but more importantly, there was, you know, 
Klopp leaving, what it means for Guardiola, his future, all that kind of stuff. Good stuff. That's all for members. Those ad-free episodes are longer and they're out earlier. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. If you want to send us an email, it's hello at lmtpod.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, so just search for lmtpod on there. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. Money, here you go.